Building a Community with Intention by Devika Rao Nobody has a real straight answer of when the Down Syndrome Association of Atlanta started, DSAA, laughs Cheryl Arno, Executive Director of DSAA. I've tried to find out the answers, and if we look at our paperwork, we surmise it's 1976. When the organization started is a moot point when you consider the impact it has had for mothers, fathers, and children across the state of Georgia over the last 40-plus years. What everyone, including Arno, does know is that it started with parents from an advocacy perspective. These parents were pretty fierce, shares Arno, who remembers the founding parents being at the Georgia State Capitol and advocating on behalf of their kids. The average statistic for people with Down syndrome is 1 in 600, and Atlanta is a fast-growing city with a vast metro area. In serving families and caretakers from McDonough to Rome to Griffin to Buford, DSAA services need to be impactful and meaningful. When DSAA started, it was really resource-based. Over the years, it has transformed into a programmatic organization that aims to meet the needs of the community, says Arno. Following the needs has allowed DSAA to be intentional about how it serves families across the state. Our direct programming includes Mom Night, a Hispanic support group, and a group called the Black Family Connection that we just started two years ago and are so proud of, explains Arno, who considers DSAA more of a support agency. We really follow the needs of our community. The Asociación Hispana de Síndrome Down in Atlanta, or the Hispanic Down Syndrome Association of Atlanta, is 25 years old and one of the oldest ones in the country. The challenges for the Hispanic community are a little bit different than some of the other challenges that you might see with an English-speaking community, says Juliana Cebollero, a DSAA board member. Cebollero received a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome for her son, now two and a half years old, and found DSAA before he was born. Cebollero references challenges such as documentation, education and reading levels, technology, transportation, and communication. There are barriers like, how do I even get my child enrolled into the school system, shares Cebollero. We've had families not know that there are special needs programs for their children. The other thing is a lack of knowledge of resources. There are a lot of transportation barriers as well. Additionally, barriers through medical services also can be daunting and cumbersome. Families are required to have a medical interpreter, but it can be difficult to navigate if you don't speak the language. That is why DSAA's Hispanic support group is so important. The hardest thing for the Hispanic families is language and finding interpreters. We used to have more educational programming, and now we're trying to shift our programming to more of the individual versus the larger group to see if we can help support families better in that way, adds Arno. While phone trees and group gatherings were the norm, the pandemic challenged DSAA to pivot from the way it reached the statewide Hispanic community. The organization focused on utilizing technology such as social media and Zoom calls to reach the population, but found that the learning curve was even larger than imagined. We really tried to encourage the use of social media in a population that traditionally may not resort to social media as often. We identified that some families have trouble with logging into a Zoom call. This is all new to them, she added. People came together to help the families in need. Parents worked together with other parents to help people navigate Zoom. DSAE even created a short video on how to open up a Zoom call that is now available to all families. 
DSAA's website can also be completely translated into Spanish. The Hispanic Families Group is also partnered with other organizations that help connect with new parents. Being able to bring the families and connect them to DSAA from either prenatal or ad diagnosis is helpful in building relationships and providing access to early intervention programs. This keeps us connected as a community from the beginning and not let the children fall through the cracks and provide what's best for them in their development, says Cebollero. To Arno, the impact needed to go further. Black families were missing at the table. She'd see families at the organization's annual buddy walk, but never saw them through their actual programs. I couldn't figure it out, says Arno. I would go to them and I would say, I don't understand. You're coming for buddy walk, but I don't see you at any other time. It came down to not seeing people that looked like them. I didn't have people on my board that looked like them. I didn't have people at my programming that looked like them. We were discussing things like wills and trusts that those parents in the community are not thinking about. They're thinking about getting support with bills or getting childcare. I was answering the wrong questions for them. In 2021, DSAA founded the Black Down Syndrome Family Connection Program. It was created from an expressed community need to gather black families to connect, share resources, and ask questions related to the Down Syndrome community. We were tapped to be a task force initially to determine what the need was and give perspective of what it's like to be a parent of a child or be a person with Down syndrome and be black as well, says Maya Prowell, chairperson of the DSAA Black Family Connection. The group is intentionally focused on the issues surrounding the black community. Prowell explains, first and foremost, the thing is that the black community doesn't want to accept the disability. We find it hard to accept that there is anything different about our child. And so, the thing is, is consistently trying to normalize them to what we're used to. The second thing is miseducation, or being uneducated, like not truly knowing the extent what Down syndrome truly is. And then the third thing is the financial aspect. Black people do account for a considerable amount of the poverty level, which results in lack of access to certain things like time to get their children to therapies because they have other children. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, 20% of Georgia's black population is at or under the poverty level. The poverty level is defined as a household of four living on $30,000 annually per U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. They have a difficult time navigating just day-to-day, -day, shares Prowell. And then, when it comes to government-assisted programs like Medicaid, they don't have the service providers all the time. It's a huge disparity when it comes to being knowledgeable about medical conditions. What started with four parents has now grown from a task force to a committee of five. Its Facebook group has over 180 members. The group also hosts meetups across the state to make sure parents can meet, mingle, and share information. Advocacy was the foothold of how DSAA started back in the 1970s. Prowell agrees that families have to be at the Capitol, but is realistic in meeting the parents where they are. Our families don't even know what advocacy means in the Down syndrome community, adds Prowell. We need to get our families to show up to IEP meetings. It starts there. It starts with medical appointments, making sure you speak up when you feel something is wrong. So just advocating at the lowest level is where we're trying to get our families first. The support group is layered with issues that matter for the black community. This world is already hard to navigate as a black person, and then as a black male too, says Prowell, thinking of her 11-year-old son Tristan. 
and there is a very high rate of males who have special needs in prison because nobody realized they really had one. The great thing about Tristan is that you can see his disability on his face. But we have to factor in that people are not going to care about not putting him in jail because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. So that's why Prowl encourages black families with children who have Down syndrome to get involved at the very basic level. We need to show up. Our first steps are getting our families and parents to help themselves first, she adds. And while the focus has been on babies and new moms, DSAA partnered with Gigi's Playhouse Atlanta, the local chapter of a national organization that serves the Down syndrome community, to support its young adults through Gigi's adult transition program called EPIC. Howie Rosenberg, executive director of Gigi's Playhouse in Atlanta, is proud of the partnership with DSAA and collaborating resources to help families thrive. With its EPIC program, we mix life skills, independence, fun, friendship building, and advocacy teamwork. Our curriculum considers what do young adults need to do? They need to learn how to cook. They need to learn how to do their own laundry. They need to learn how to live independently, says Rosenberg. Leaders in the community like Arno or Rita Young host trainings through EPIC for young adults to build independence and confidence. The partnership with DSAA and Gigi's Playhouse Atlanta has allowed both organizations to increase their impact and reach for the community they serve. Gigi's serves about 1,100 families in Atlanta. Reflecting on her career at DSAA as executive director, Arno says, it's actually one of my proudest things that I've done in my career in terms of building this community. We fight for inclusion every day. It's easy for me to say we need to be inclusive and all that, but it's just not and it's not going to be unless I intentionally do something. To learn more about the Down Syndrome Association of Atlanta, visit their website.